Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. This week, our guest is the insurance commissioner and fire marshal, the state of North Carolina, Mike Causey. Being fire marshal comes with the job of being insurance commissioner. And as we said before the break, we want to talk a little bit about that because uh, uh, the fire marshal role is so important and sometimes does not get a lot of coverage. We basically have paid firemen in uh, a lot of the cities, but we also have a large amount of uh, folks who are involved in serving as volunteer firemen. Uh, But I understand that there is a need for more volunteer firemen. Well, you're right about that, Don. And that first thing I want to do is thank all of our first responders, whether they're firefighters, uh, volunteer firefighters, paid firefighters, our law enforcement, our EMS, emergency responders, uh, line workers, all of those folks that during a storm or accident, they're they're first on the scene to uh, administer aid and, and keep us safe. We can't thank them enough. Uh, I was talking to a retired sheriff in Jackson County that spent a lot of years in his early days as a volunteer firefighter. And he told me that the most underappreciated group of folks we have in the state is our volunteer firefighters. He said, as a sheriff, we'd have an accident. The first on the scene would be the fire department to direct traffic, administer aid. And we see it every day in every county across the state. So we can't thank our first responders enough. They don't get nearly enough recognition or appreciation for the sacrifices they make and the sacrifices their family makes, missing meals, birthday parties, and so forth. But it is a honor and privilege for me to serve as the state fire marshal and work with our fire departments a lot of people still don't realize, Don, that the majority of firefighters in North Carolina and across the United States are volunteers. And we actually have some counties that have no paid firefighters. I can name one county, and it's uh, Caswell County is an all-volunteer county. They're few and far between, but we really rely on these volunteers and a county could not afford to pay what what it would cost to fund what they get from some of our volunteer fire departments. So we're all about helping those volunteer fire departments get matching grant funds, working with the legislature to get the legislature to do more to help these fire departments. And I want to say a, a little something about the relationship or correlation between the fire department's class rating, that's the ISO safety class rating and what people pay for homeowners insurance because the fire departments are rated on a scale from one to 10, 10 being the unrated or the lowest, one being the best of the best. And when I took this job, November 1st, I mean, January 1st, 2017, When I took this job in 2017, we only had six class one fire departments across the state. Greensboro was the first city to get a class one in Raleigh, Charlotte, and the big, all the major cities above 100,000. But we started inspecting the smaller departments uh, for their ISO class ratings. Mooresville was the first to get a class one. 
They were at population right under 50,000 at that time. Then Wilson, Rocky Mount. Uh, last week, I presented Gastonia, uh, your uh, Gaston County, your home county. I, uh, Gastonia went up to a class one. That brought us in North Carolina to 30. We now have 30 class one fire departments. That is uh, almost 10% of what we've got in the country. There's between three and 400 across the nation. And uh, going from six to 30 in seven years is pretty remarkable. And I give the fire departments and their the team effort, the mutual aid, all of that, the credit. We had a dozen class two fire departments in 2017. Today, we're over 85 class twos and hundreds and hundreds of fire departments that went from a class nine to a class six or class nine to class five or better. And what that means for the people that live in those fire districts is it saved almost two billion, that's billion with a B, dollars in premiums on what they would be paying for homeowners if they didn't have those good class ratings. So I just want to give a shout out to our folks at the Office of State Fire Marshal for all they do to help our fire departments and, and what the fire departments do in every community to keep us safe. Roughly how many volunteer firemen do we have in North Carolina? Do you have that number handy? It's in the neighborhood of 50,000. That's, uh, and as you said, uh, so let me ask you this, how many uh, could we use if we had additional volunteers? We, there's not many fire departments across the state that couldn't use more volunteers, especially our rural counties. Now we have some in Wake County and other, uh, some parts of Guilford where they they have a, a good roster of volunteers. They have the population base, but with some of our rural counties, they're actually losing population, and some of our mountain counties are really struggling to recruit volunteers, to keep those volunteers. I know uh, some departments, volunteer departments, that are down 10 to 15 volunteers, and the and, uh, same is true with rescue squads. I want to give a shout out to all the rescue squads around the state and what they do. But uh, we're doing our part in Raleigh and across the state at our regional locations to uh, put information out in the elementary schools, to work with high school programs and junior firefighter programs, kids fire camps, all of these different programs to get the younger generation interested in uh, being a first responder, whether it's firefighting or law enforcement. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a lady, I know a lady that was a volunteer fire department uh, near Chapel Hill, and her son had graduated high school, but trying to figure out what he wanted to do. And one day her son was in the car with her, and she just had an idea. I'm going to take him to the fire department and introduce him to the chief. And uh, son says, where are we going? She said, never mind. I'm, I'm going to take you somewhere and introduce you to somebody. She takes him to the fire department, introduces him to the chief. Of course, he knew his mother had been in the fire service for several years. 
and got interested in it, went through the training program, and today is a paid firefighter in Apex at the Apex Fire Department and volunteers at another fire department. And so that's what we need more of, people exposing younger people to the fire service and what it means. Well, it's as you said, those 50,000 people who are serving in these various roles deserve an awful lot of credit. I understand in some cases, and uh, I know this is the case, I think, in Raleigh, that the firemen will give you help with baby seats. That's true. We have a program at the Department of Insurance uh, under our Safe Kids North Carolina, and uh, it's Safe Kids North Carolina. We give away child safety seats. We work with the fire departments some police departments, some sheriff's offices, and many of our fire departments have uh, child safety seat inspection stations where you can uh, either make an appointment or just go by there. They'll check. And according to the State Highway Patrol, 90% of the children that die in traffic accidents die because they're either not in a child safety seat or not properly fitted in a child safety seat. So it's a very important service and I encourage people to go to our website that we mentioned, ncdoi.gov, and look up Safe Kids North Carolina. And we have a list of all of those fire departments that are child passenger safety seat inspection stations and uh, free of charge. So it's a great service to the people of this state. Now, you're also, I understand, uh, working on school bus safety. We are. That's a big component of Safe Kids. And we're at, uh, this next week, we're partnering with the Governor's Highway Safety Program, uh, Superintendent of Public Instruction, and some other state agencies to uh, have a school bus safety awareness day. Uh, we have too many children that, that die in traffic accidents, and people passing stop school buses, and that is just a terrible thing to see a child die from somebody passing a stop school bus. So we're partnering with law enforcement to bring back, bring about better enforcement. And we just urge people when you see those flashing lights, slow down, stop for any stop school bus and obey the 25 mile an hour speed limit in school zones. That's very important for student safety. Well, you know, especially in a four-lane road, it is really easy to uh, not observe a school bus uh, three lanes across and going the opposite direction. So you have to be very aware, especially during school bus times. I know uh, I almost slipped a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was able to stop, but I almost didn't because I, I wasn't thinking about a school bus two, three lanes over. Well, you're right. It's easy to do, especially if it's a distracted driver. They're on their cell phone or texting and not paying attention. So you, especially during school hours, we have to be alert. We have to pay attention and you know, let's, let's keep our kids safe. You, you don't want any, no parent wants to lose a child uh, needlessly. And, uh, you know, we, we've had that. You know, uh, State Treasurer Dale Falwell experienced that that tragedy years ago, and and it's just we've had too many parents that that have lost children 
getting off of the school bus, and, and that should be a safe time. And I think we all forget that pedestrians have the right-of-way. Exactly. <laughs> Always pedestrians have the right-of-way. Uh, especially, we, we don't think about that when we're in, uh, uh, especially inside the city limits, because we have, uh, uh, you know, stop signs and all that sort of thing. But the truth of the matter is, according to law, it's my understanding that pedestrian always has the right-of-way. Well, you can ask some of the folks that have been ticketed in the city of Raleigh because the city of Raleigh has been cracking down on that around the downtown area. And uh, I talked to a lady that got one of those tickets, and it was almost $300, $291. And that was simply because she had made a right turn before the pedestrian had fully crossed the road and made it to the sidewalk. So uh, they're very strict in some areas, but people just need to be cautious and courteous and observe common sense safety rules. Well, as you said, uh, a lot of this is coming about because people are trying to multitask and become uh, addicted to their cell phone and become a distracted driver. And that uh, uh, is just a dangerous situation. And everybody's in a hurry. You know, they're in a, they're late. They're they're in a hurry to get here or there, and that that adds up to a recipe for disaster many times when when they're rushing to get somewhere. So we ask people to try to leave in time to get there to your destination a little bit early. Be respectful of other drivers and pedestrians. The other thing I think we need to point out is uh, daylight savings time is lasting longer and longer. So that means school bus children are in the dark a lot of a lot of months now for the first couple of hours of those mornings. Yeah, that's that's a dangerous time too because they're hard to see and we 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 do put out informational bulletins to urge people to wear uh, white or light clothing and that type thing so they could be seen better, reflective clothing. Our guest is uh, Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey. And we will be back with one final segment of Carolina Newsmakers right after we take time out for this message. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. But I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo. GOAT, G O A T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council.
Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. Again, this week, we welcome uh, Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey, who's been in that role since 2017. And I suspect if I were to ask you uh, what the uh, surprising things that you've learned in that period of time, you could probably take an entire segment, and one day we may do that. But right now, I want to talk a little bit more about insurance fraud and scams, because uh, one of the things that people forget who are not involved in a, in a scam or a fraud, uh, when you see one, remember it's costing you. Somebody's going to pay the bill. And for some reason or other, there's a tendency for some people to say, well, I see something going on that I don't think is quite right, but I'm not going to turn them in. Uh, that's going to cost you. That's right. And we're paying close to 20 cents of every dollar we pay for insurance premiums. That's almost 20 cents just to cover the fraudulent claims. So if people don't turn them in or they don't tell us or give us tips on going after real insurance fraud, you don't have to know it's fraud. If you suspect it might be fraud, we'd like to know about it so our investigators can look into it. Now, it's not always fraud. Sometimes it's a civil issue. Uh, it's not a criminal issue. But we do go after the criminal element if it is a criminal issue, and we make the arrest, and we get restitution. And if you, if you don't get tough on insurance fraud, we're going to keep paying more and more especially on health insurance. There's a tremendous amount of fraud in health insurance, and it's from all angles. It's not only from consumers. Sometimes it's from the medical providers, and sometimes it's from the a whole, you know, in any profession, there's maybe some bad apples in, in any profession, and those people need to, to be looked into to prevent, you know, further, bigger fraud issues. And I know I went to a, a medical fraud seminar not long ago, and we we're talking about uh, any claim that comes through is 10% of them are fraudulent. But when it comes to medical insurance claims, these investigators and experts were telling me that 40%, over 40%, or four out of 10 medical claims are fraudulent or have some degree of fraud in. And unfortunately, we have people trying to sell insurance that's using fraud. They're selling bogus policies. They're sending people letters saying you've won the lottery. Uh, you know, send us all kinds of things. And uh, you know, if you suspect fraud in any area, if you get your explanation of benefits from the hospital, from the doctor, and you see some charges on there that you're not familiar with, call us, let us know. We have a section in the Department of Insurance called Smart NC, and we help people resolve disputes with hospitals, doctor's offices, insurance companies on medical claims. And we often find fraud in some of those things. And uh, if, if you just hear about it and think there's something that needs to be looked into, 
you know, let us know. And the most extreme example of insurance fraud would be murder. And we have a case right now in Gaston County out of Mount Holly. It's called the eyedrop murder case. I can't really talk about a lot of specifics, but the husband's accused of killing his wife using eyedrops and collecting about $250,000 worth of life insurance. So uh, uh, you can read about some of these cases or watch these shows on television like Forensic Files and learn a lot. But fraud is very prevalent. There's staged accidents. There's people riding around with no insurance. They have a wreck and then they buy a policy after the wreck to try to file a claim. So uh, we have we put out news releases on uh, some of our larger cases that people can go online or go to our website and read about. But fraud is a huge problem that needs to be addressed. Now, I, I've talked to one person who said recently uh, he, he observed some fraud, but he said, I, I'm afraid to call in because I'm afraid I would end up in court. Uh, would a tipster be uh, liable to uh, appear in court? No, it could be totally anonymous. It's just like uh, uh, like the tip lines that you call in for the hotline for the local crime stoppers, that type thing. That it can be totally anonymous. Well, that uh, that uh, answers that because uh, I would imagine some people just don't want to get involved, but uh, all consumers are going to end up paying for somebody else's uh, luxury if you're not careful. And I can understand that concern, but that's a concern they don't need to worry about. We, But we do need to know about whether it's coming from any, whether it's uh, car insurance, homeowners, health insurance, or or workers' comp, or any of those things. Now, we are getting ready to go into hurricane season, and of course, we've mentioned the fact that flood insurance is separate from your homeowners. And of course, one of the things we learned earlier in the program is that earthquake insurance is now requiring, or is not uh, now requiring, is always required a rider. I found that to be very interesting. But uh, flood insurance is uh, is uh, something that is so important in North Carolina uh, in the hurricane season. Exactly. When we when Hurricane Florence hit, we had uh, over eighty thousand people filed homeowners insurance claims and got zero because it was flood damage and it wasn't covered. That's sad to watch. And we found out in twenty eighteen during Hurricane Florence, that less less than 2% of the homeowners had any kind of flood insurance. So we're trying to educate the public better through our website, flood insurance programs that talk to your agent. Uh, they're not, in most cases, not very expensive, but are very valuable in the event that you do have flood damage. Now, what about wind coverage in a hurricane? And the same with the wind as I mentioned earlier, you need three types of policies. You need to talk to your insurance agent about a homeowner's or dwelling policy, wind and hail policy, and a flood policy. And then an earthquake rider, if you want to make sure you're covered for earthquakes. But uh, that that's very important to have proper coverage and make sure you're, you don't have too much insurance, but make sure you have adequate coverage 
in the event of a, a loss. One other thing I want to bring up uh, while we still have some time in this segment, our final segment with uh, Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey, is Operation Medicine Drop. Yeah, you know, drug overdose is a huge problem in North Carolina and in America today. We, uh, I think last time I checked, it got worse during the COVID situation, but it's a, a averaging about five people a day dying from drug overdoses, opioid abuse. So we have this program that started in 2010 under the Department of Insurance called Operation Medicine Drop. It's part of our Safe Kids North Carolina program where we partner with uh, sheriff's offices, law enforcement, police departments, and uh, some fire departments on having drop boxes. We have almost 500 permanent drop boxes across the state. We have a list of those on our website. And we do programs. We, uh, we, we work with drug enforcement, the federal, the attorney general's office, and other law enforcement to get people to clean out their medicine cabinets and get the old prescription drugs out of the house and put it into a safe lock drop box that law enforcement oversees for proper disposal. And uh, we've collected since 2010, uh, I believe it's close to, there's over 200 million pills. I don't know how many pounds that adds up to, but it keeps these out of our rivers and streams. You never want to flush them down the commode. You don't want to throw them in the trash can and you don't want a child or a pet to get a hold of those old drugs or get in the hands of drug dealers. So it's a great program, Operation Medicine Drop. I encourage people to go to our website and look it up. And we'll we'll set up an event near you uh, if you request it. But otherwise, your local sheriff would be the one that would be announcing that in partnership with the Department of Insurance. Well, again, I also want to uh, congratulate you and the Department of Insurance on the reclassification or the upgrading of the fire departments in North Carolina. I think you pointed out that that's going to save $2 billion for homeowners. It, it is a huge deal. At, and I can't give these fire departments enough credit. They work so hard to with the better equipment, better training, staffing. And it's not just one fire department. It's, it's the fire departments that surround that fire department where they work together for mutual aid to better protect the citizens of that community. So uh, we, we're just blessed in North Carolina to have top-notch fire departments. Well, uh, for those who joined the program late, uh, the uh, auto insurance rates have been settled, uh, settled now. It's going to be 4.5% for the next two years instead of the 28%. We congratulate you on that successful negotiation. And that's and also, December 1st, Don. December, December 1st is when it takes effect. Yeah. And also, uh, we've got about a minute and a half left uh, to uh, remind people about Smart NC, which helps resolve cur uh, coverage disputes. That's with hospitals or uh, doctor's offices or health insurance. If it's a consumer issue for car insurance or homeowners, that's our consumer division. And we can help you with that. And we also can help you with Medicare, 
of prescription drugs through our SHIP, the Seniors Health Insurance Information Program. All of that information is on the website. If you have any questions, you can call me personally or call the Department of Insurance because we'll help you and, and we are here to help. Well, it's uh, as always, uh, Commissioner, it's interesting to find out all these uh, uh, bits of advice. And I guess the overwhelming piece of advice that you always give is in the case of both homeowners insurance and automobile insurance, be sure to get replacement value if you can. Exactly. That is, couldn't have said it better myself. Well, uh, I'm glad that I finally did something right. <laughs> uh, do it right, Don. You're the best. Well, thank you so much, uh, Commissioner uh, Causey, for being our guest and always being so helpful and uh, uh, providing such good service. That uh, web address is ncdoi.gov, ncdoi, which stands for North Carolina Department of Insurance.gov. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another interesting guest for us next week. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and do just that. So until next week on the same group of stations, have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.